Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of Let's Talk All Things LGBTQ+, where everyone has a voice. I am Annie McKinnon, a transition coach, helping you do change better, a therapist, speaker, writer and podcaster. And if you would like to get to know me a bit better, visit my website www.coachingcart.com and if you would like to get in touch or even feature on the show, then send me over an email to info at coachingcart.com. And as always, those details will be in the description below. I would also be really grateful if you could rate the show so that we can get these amazing conversations out to as many people as possible. But today I'd like to introduce you to Jamie Messini. Jamie is a Boston native who resides in St. Petersburg, Florida. She received her degree in sociology at Northeastern University. Having overcome anxiety and depression herself, she became passionate about sharing the tools she learned with others so that they could do the same. Her experiences and gifts led her to a career in mindset and empowerment coaching. Jamie is certified in neuroencoding, which is a process that uses the nervous system to reprogram the brain. Through this incredibly powerful process that is the culmination of everything she has learned, she aims to help a million plus people shift their internal story from one that is holding them down and restricting their growth to one that allows them to live the life of their dreams. As of late, she is specifically using this process to support and coach women who are coming to terms with their sexuality later in life. This ultimately led to her founding club, Lilies, a Facebook group that supports LGBTQ women who are coming out later in life. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Jamie. Welcome to the show, Jamie. It's really good to have you here. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to what we've got to discuss today. But before we jump into that, I'd like to ask you a question that I'm asking all my guests in season three. And that is, when was the last time you were surprised or shocked? This is making me chuckle a little that, that we're like just meeting and this is the question because you'll probably see throughout the podcast that I don't do anything like surface. I'm not like, oh, I was scared yesterday. So this is a loaded question. We'll just get right into it. <laughs> Please do. That's what it's all about is just get, cutting through the bullshit and getting to our authentic self or whatever it is that's going on let's just get it out there raw yeah, I love that too so I'm glad we connected so I would say the last time I was shocked which is recently is I developed feelings for a really close friend and even though I'm a coach the way that I processed that and shared that was like ended up like burning down the house and not like in the good way where you're like singing dance it like burned it all down I'm just kind of going, uh-oh, and then you you talk about you being a coach. Clearly, I'm a coaching therapist, and isn't it, I mean, and I'll say this now, isn't it interesting how we can be out there supporting other people, but when things, mm. and I don't know what you're going to say, but the, the way we deal with it is, is just totally different. So I'm excited to hear um, how you dealt with this. Yeah, I mean, it's, different in the sense of like when I'm speaking with a client like there's no uh, none of my own emotions are there so I can give very good and sound direction or you know ask good questions that you know inspire 
thoughts that are going to whatever. And when it's yourself, unless you are in a clear, like meditative state, I think it's really hard to do that immediately. It's like the reflection comes after, and then sometimes that's too late. Right. Um, Absolutely. Unless you're on that. So for me, uh, I did, I burned down the house. Uh, The reflection came later and, but the reflection was good. Like I found something that you know, as coaches, as even therapists, I'm sure we're always working on ourselves as well. And for me, I found um, something that I can work on that it's that one thing that's been following me around through life where I'm like, why am I obliterating all these challenges, all these things within myself and doing so well. And there's this one area, right. Where I'm just like, what the hell is it? What is that? And I think I now know, which is the fear of intimacy. I think that's a common one, isn't it? I guess, but like, it just shows up. And so like, when I originally thought of that phrase, that term, whatever I'm thinking, okay, so this is like, you know, the guy or the girl you see, that's just always has a new person. And they're just like, and you think they're just, you know, going from person to person, because they're afraid to be alone. You never think of, okay, fear of intimacy could mean you repetitively pick partners that are not going to work out subconsciously, because it's, not going to work out. And that's a fear of intimacy, or you do things that seem like you're really into the person because maybe you are, but subconsciously it's to push them away, like clinginess or, you know, self-destructive, like starting arguments or just not is like, what? Oh my God. I'm just so glad you brought that up because I'm a transition coach. And I think this for the listeners as well, as well as you and, and me, if we look back just before we're about to sort of enter adulthood, if you like, and we have an experience and we look at that change, that transition and how we coped with it back then, what I found was that had followed me through life. And mm-hmm. it was just such a huge light bulb moment to think, holy shit, for all these years, this is how I've been reacting to something when actually it could have been just so much simpler. And I don't know if you felt the same. I know as a coach and as somebody who's dedicated like the last 12 years to personal growth and all of that, that a lot of what comes up 99% of like triggers or reactions have nothing to do with the current situation, right? And like childhood plays a big role in how we were loved or what weren't loved or the interactions that we had. And I don't know. So complex. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting the feeling from you, like me, you're you're still almost like that sponge taking in as much knowledge about others and yourself so that you can continue to grow into old age till it ends, I guess. I had a mentor that used to say, if you're not growing, you're dying. I felt that like I've been in a little bit of a plateau over the past year, not not a plateau, like there's been a lot going on in my life, but in the personal growth realm, like I've started to deal with other things like that just kind of got me off of the intense growth game that I was in, because that can be toxic a little bit, like if you're just growth, 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 growth. So I was in a little bit of a plateau and I felt like I wasn't growing. And so I'm like, I do feel like I'm dying. Like we need something to respark this. I just didn't want it to be the thing that it was to respark it, but here we are. <laughs> so this friend, how long had you known them for? Um, Not even too long. I mean, let's see, like eight months or something like that. Eight months, okay, and it started out as a friendship. Something yeah. like that. Do you mind me going into that and asking about what exactly happened? Sure, we could do that. Right. <laughs> I mean, it makes me a little nervous, but what are we here for, right? So let's do it in the here and now. Okay, so what questions do you have? 
The question I have is, you have been friends for around eight months. When did you start to develop feelings for this person? If we're being honest, it was the first time I met them, but it didn't unfold immediately because um, there were other aspects. Like, uh, I think I asked her out and she kind of like blew me off. Like, I don't know. She was going through her own stuff, dealing with her own stuff at the time, I guess, or own situationships. So I tried for a couple of weeks and I was like, oh, whatever, we'll just be friends. And like, I think once you move along, like I moved on with my own life and started to be interested in other people, but that was always like kind of in the back of my mind. She just wasn't leaving your mind by the sounds of it. It was like subconscious. Like mm. I just really enjoyed having her around. Like it wasn't like she would, I was thinking about, oh, I want to be with this person. But there was like, when I thought about this person, it was a different feeling than when I think about my other friends. Okay. When did you come around to accept that you had feelings for her? This is where I blew it up. <laughs> okay. And do you know what, Jamie? I, I don't know what you're going to tell us, but I bet you our listeners, myself included, are sitting thinking, yeah, we've been there. We've done that. Yeah. I mean, so this is where the whole... I guess fear of intimacy part comes up. So, you know, I had been dating someone else and it didn't work out. And, you know, this is my friend is the person I would go to about it and kind of communicate with. And um, ultimately what happened was around my birthday, she just like really stepped up and planned a lot of amazing things and just like took charge. And um, I felt all the love from her. And there was like my own drama going on with that other thing. And um, within there, very chaotically in my brain I was like that's when I was like oh shit you know and then I don't want to place blame on things but I'm ADD I'm a Gemini I'm freaking Italian I'm from Boston and sometimes we just blurt everything out right it comes to our mind and we're like when maybe I should have just sat on it for a minute and took some time and like (laughs) that's the reflection (laughs) part yes that and um there was just a lot of factors at play where I didn't I said what I said, but then I let it kind of float around instead of taking charge on it. And ultimately, like, just uh, she felt disrespected in the process. So just uh, with other people, there were other factors at play and other people that were around. And like, it was just a lot. It was like a a very chaotic weekend that this all came about. And um, ultimately, I, you know, I, I I think it was just me being like, (laughs) what did I do? It sounds to me like you were really putting yourself out there and being really transparent. I mean, I don't know what happened, but just in the way you describe it, it sounds like you were being that open book you talk about. Yes. My words and my actions weren't matching. Okay. Okay. (laughs) After that weekend, how were you able to move forward from that? Well, that's the thing. This is where I blew it up and the house burnt the fuck down. And I was like, oh, shit, even though that was a friend of mine and she knows how I am in relationships and and with people, uh, she felt very disrespected and wasn't able to move past that like experience. So it is what it is. We're back to being friends. (laughs) You're actually still being friends. We're in the process. Yeah. I mean, I definitely would rather that than nothing at all. You know what I mean? I just luckily like more didn't move forward because I'm the type of person that like it's really hard to move past those type of things and I'm not saying that it isn't now but I'm sure if it had you know went any further it would have been a lot more difficult 
what point are you at right now with her? Point that I'm at is acceptance that I can't change what happened or change my past behavior, but I can learn from it and move forward. And, um, you know, she has her own thing going on in her life that she needs a lot of support on right now. And I need to show up in a way and support her as a friend, accepting that and not being in my field so much about it. (laughs) Mm. I'm really interested to ask you, Jamie, that it sounds like a lot happened over that weekend. And Mm. I'm just wondering how that all left you feeling, because for me, it feels like a lot. Oh, for sure. How it left me feeling was there was just so much more that I won't go into because it's just mm. just not important for the most part. But when there is, so it was pride here. It gets wild. You know, like St. Pete has a lot of gay people, a lot of lesbians, and there was just a lot going on. And um, that whole month prior, there was a lot going on. So I didn't even really have a time for myself where I just took a deep breath, didn't drink alcohol, like sat with myself to reflect because then immediately after that weekend I had to go home for a family reunion I was surrounded by family there was just so much going on and so it wasn't until I you know like a a two weeks after that I was able to start to really like acknowledge how I showed up how I didn't show up what happened what I said what that meant what all the things and ultimately it left me feeling like a dick do you think there's some of that and this I mean I might be just hitting the wrong page here but do you think you might have been harder on yourself because of your profession? Definitely, I should have known better and wished that in the moment I could have been more aware. Like I was aware of what was happening, but I was letting my own triggers and reactions come up to where it was affecting the situation. Alcohol was involved. I don't like being told what to do. That's my stubborn ass. Like, you know, there was just a lot of different factors. And of course, like I should have known better. I should have known what to do. And it's the feeling like a dick part has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with like, whoa, this was my friend, you know, and this was like somebody that I really freaking care about. And regardless, like, why did my, why was that my reaction and not the opposite, which to be like, I just wish like looking back, like a clear vision, I would have let things play out differently or made different decisions. And I was just blinded by I guess triggers and just other expectations of other people, expectations of what friendships look like, expectations of like all these expectations that are bullshit at the end of the day, like where I'm a very loyal person. I worry about everybody else, how they're feeling, what they're doing. And and in this moment, though, I wasn't worried about myself and I wasn't worried about her. I was worried about everybody else. Why? You know, and that's the question that I need to go back to is why? Yeah where that personal growth will come from but like I said before you started this conversation uh, I think the listeners and myself included will have been in situations where we felt exactly like that felt like the dick and that you know if we could go back and change something then of course we'd play it out really differently but I guess it's about coming to that as you were talking about acceptance Look, it's happened, but now it's about looking inwards and processing that to find out what it really was all about and then take that forward to the the next experience. Yeah, and not only that, but trusting that the universe, that everything is playing out, it's all unfolding perfectly. And like having that trust, you know, instead of getting stuck in your feelings and in your emotions about it, which is really difficult for me. I'm, I feel everything, but have just like leaning back on, okay, well, I trust 
Gus, I call it universe, God, universe, source. I trust Gus that it's all unfolding perfectly. I have to say that to myself like 900 times a day. Just to, just to keep that, I guess, spirit going. Ultimately, I trust. Do you trust the universe? I trust the universe because I don't know about you, but there I've had experiences where maybe I've wanted something to work out or I've wanted something different and it's just not happened. And when I look back on those situations now, I think the universe was just so damn right. <laughs> that person just wouldn't have been good for me or I wouldn't have been good for them or or whatever. The, there was a reason why it didn't work out. Yeah. And I trust that we have a path and that the universe has a plan. And I also trust that like ever since I was real little that I'm here for a purpose to help heal other people and hopefully in the process heal and work through my own stuff as well because <laughs> where I'm at in the, uh, kind of like a midlife I don't know what to call it I don't want to call it a crisis but like just of like reflecting on my own life it's like all right I get that I'm here to serve other people and heal, heal other people but that doesn't mean that I can't have my own life and like you know so I'm like trying to navigate all of that at the same time yeah and it, it certainly sounds like you are transitioning from something to something and yeah hand, hands hands down to you the fact that you're clearly a giver, you're clearly out there supporting, inspiring, motivating other people. But I'm really pleased to hear that you've got to that point where you think you're just as valuable as everyone else and that you need to protect yourself and help yourself to heal. Yeah. Do you find, so do you speak to a lot of coaches and, and people in that kind of industry? Yeah. I mean, obviously I have my clients and uh, my sort of peer coaches that I studied with, you know, years ago, we've kept we've kept in touch, and I think the one thing that always comes out is that we find it really, really easy to give and support and educate, inspire everyone round about us. But when it comes to ourselves, we just need a kick in the ass sometimes to dig into that self care and and make ourselves a priority. I always wonder if, you know, the backgrounds and of coaches and people who go into that line of work, if they're very similar and if it will, obviously everything goes back, if we're thinking about it, everything goes back to our childhood and how we learned about the world and experienced the world. And if this career path that we're in helps to serve, and I guess that's the work because we can drink things away, we can smoke things away, we can do all the things, right? You can give things away. You can serve things away if you don't, you know, if it means you don't have to focus on yourself. And so maybe that's also the crossroads. And for other coaches, it's like, sure, we can be great at that for other people. The real master is when you're also great at it for yourself. And that comes into that, you know, we talk about continuous professional development. We talk about keeping that personal growth and development going. But I think until we can get to that point, where we want to give that value to ourselves, the same value that we give to other people, then we're missing something. Because, yeah, we might be growing in other areas, but if we're not developing to that same pace as everyone else, we're selling ourselves short. We're doing ourselves an injustice, I think. Because as they always say on a plane, put your own mask on first. 
If you can't take care of yourself, how can you start to think that you can work with other people? So it's absolutely paramount that self-care is a priority for each and every one of us. Yeah. And self-care in the sense of not just going through the motions of like, okay, I'm waking up, I'm going to journal, I'm going to work out. I'm going to like actually being intentional about it. Yeah. I think you have to be intentional. And I think that's the hardest piece of work that we'll ever do, whether we're coaches, therapists, we're working in this kind of line of work. That for me is the hardest piece of work that I've ever really had to do and continue to do as I get older and keep that focus on myself and my own growth. Yeah. We can sit across the room and sit in that chair and give our all to somebody else. But when we give our all to ourselves, then that for me is what makes the difference. Yeah. And I think that was the ultimate realization for me with this situation was because, you know, before I expressed this to my friend, like the way that she viewed me and how I would treat a partner was very high. And I'm sure now all of a sudden we come to my own life and she has a different view on that. And I'm like, that does, that's not okay, Jamie. You know what I mean? Like, that's not okay. Yeah. No, I absolutely love that. Being able to stand up and say, no, that is not okay. I I will not accept that. And sometimes that in itself is really, really difficult because if we've got feelings for someone, but their behavior, their actions are telling us a different story, it is hard to let that go. Yeah. Or reflecting on yourself. And if you have feelings for somebody, but you're not showing up in the way that shows that, what is that telling you? What is the deeper level of what's going on? And are you able to be aware of that, reflect on it and now make changes moving forward? So you can stop repeating the same patterns of ending up in the same situations. And because that's the ultimate game is like, I made a TikTok this morning. It was like a voiceover, you know, like a lip, lip sync one. And it was like, hi, just calling the universe. Like whoever's in charge, like, thank you. You're doing a great job and you have such a great sense of humor. Thank you for sending me that same lesson over and over and over and over and over again, because you're really funny. And I'm just like, yes, the universe is doing that to me and, and all of us. Okay. So when am I going to hear it? When am I going to listen and change so that yeah. it stops? Because it's not just the universe choosing. It's like, yes, the universe is sending you that. And then mm. it's up to you. What are you going to do about it so that that changes? Here's the similar situation to what, what you've dealt with before. And are you going to change your footsteps on this one? Right. Or will you just keep repeating and repeating and repeating? I have asked myself that question as well sometimes, like, God, Annie, when will you get it? You know, but um, I think I think now I, I definitely have. I've got it. You know what? You just inspired a thought. I just had an inspired thought. I'm going to put it out here because I'm going to make it after of like, I want to make a rebuttal to that TikTok being the universe and being like, hey, I'm glad you think I'm funny, but there's a reason you keep getting the same message because you're not listening to it. So it's up to you. It's really interesting when we were talking earlier about the work that you're doing now, that you're in that place of working with people who are coming through challenges and then come out the other side to move forward. Is that right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, even this for me is a representative of that, right? A challenge, like we all have challenges, situations that come up, obstacles and things that either derail us, we can let them derail us and keep us derailed, or we can, you know, pivot and adapt and move forward. And so that 
we still have success and it might look different than what you thought, but it still is. And I myself, that's what got me into coaching really. And this is kind of another loaded thing, but this feels like my life purpose because when I was at my lowest point, which was like, I didn't even want to live anymore. I had a choice. I could um, make that happen or I could do something different and see what happened because you know, it was shit or get off the pot moment. And luckily, Gus, the universe came in and swooped in and kind of put this path like so clear. It wasn't clear at the time, but it was looking back in front of me that led me here. And there was challenges that were huge for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody has their own version of a big challenge or a big roadblock or a big setback where they just like, are like, I'm giving up, I'm done. And for me, it saved my life because I wasn't done. I decided I was going to do what I needed to do to make the changes. And I did. And not only that, but it brought me a whole new life. It went from like, I really just hated myself. I had the worst anxiety, the worst depression, which by the way, still comes up in and out. But this was Mm. the time overwhelming. I was the most negative person alive, all of these things. And it led me to a place of like, wow, I never even knew I was capable of having a life like this because the thoughts in my head about who I was, was not this. And so I was able to change in such a big way. And so looking back, I know how and why that happened. And so I'm actually doing a webinar on Actually, I don't know if this will be out by then, but um, August 10th to where I am teaching people through this. It's a success loop. It's like when you hit this challenge, when this thing comes up, what you can do to loop it around so that you don't crash and burn. You loop it around and here you are maybe thriving like a phoenix in the sky. (laughs) Absolutely love the sound of that, but I would just like to really take a moment and really thank you for sharing that Jamie because that takes a lot of courage to put that out there to listeners that are coming in listening to this podcast from all over the world and I think what an inspiration you'll be if anyone is tuning in and has got to that rock bottom place that there is a way out of it to give ourselves, if you like, a better life. And at the end, you can give the details of your webinar in case this isn't out in time. Yeah, well, and there'll probably be a replay. But, um, you know, I, I want to lean into that for a minute because if there are, I always trust that the people who need to hear things are going to hear yeah. them and, and for me even. And if you are in that place where you're just like, there's really nothing, I don't know. In that moment, I did. I used to pray every day. I used to write letters to like, one of them was St. Michael and put it on my pillow just, and I didn't even know what I was asking for. All I knew was I couldn't go on the way that I was feeling. And the thought of looking at a long life, if nothing changed, felt way worse than just being done. Actually, that's really interesting what you said there. So you've hit rock bottom and you're having suicidal thoughts. At that point, can I ask you, did you really want to die Or did you just want to get rid of the pain? I wanted to get rid of the pain. And I thought that the only way to do that would be to die. Okay. Like I didn't, I wanted to feel good. I wanted to, Mm. but it was something, you know, sometimes there's a situation that makes you feel depressed. For me, this is something that had been since I was very young. So like maybe a chemical imbalance. So I didn't think, you know, I tried things. That's so I thought I tried, you know, I went to, I had like nine different therapists by that point and they put me on medication. And I thought the answer was medication. That alone, I didn't know this was like a while ago. It's like early 2000s. So like, I didn't know that medication wasn't the answer. I just, the way that it was presented is you get on these drugs and then you feel good. But that alone wasn't enough for me. It needed to be that paired with other things. And I needed to be shown that because I didn't even know they existed. 
What were some of those other things that you had to work with alongside the medication? Yeah. I mean, in the way this transpired, like you'll see, this was Gus holding my hand and I had no idea. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have the balls to freaking actually move forward and kill myself because I had a niece and nephew. I didn't want to hurt other people. I'm always thinking about other people. And I'm like, I can't fuck up their life because of me. There was people in your life that was basically stopping you following through with those thoughts. Yeah. And they didn't know I was thinking those thoughts, but just Mm. my, my love for them. And so I ended up like on my friend's doorstep one night, like just crying. And I was like, listen, this is the deal. I don't know what the fuck to do, but I hate my life. I don't want to be here and something needs to change. And she didn't know what to do either, but she was a a semi-professional tackle football player who worked out a lot. And she's like, why don't we just get you to the gym? Like, if you feel better about your body, if you feel better physically, you'll gain some confidence and maybe you won't be as depressed. And I'm like, I'll do anything. Like I want abs, let's do that. So started going to the gym with her and um, she uh, knew how to work out and I didn't. She was a semi-professional tackle football player. And so we'd go for like three hours a day. I started trying to eat right, but I really didn't have any direction. And I felt like I was holding her back. This is where Gus comes in. He, she gets an email from an old sorority sister that's talking about this online fitness thing you can do. It tells you what to do, what to eat. And then they have a support group on Facebook. And she was like, this might be something you want to do. And I was like, I don't give a shit. I will do it. I will try it. Let's go. Because I didn't, I wasn't comfortable in the gym yet. I could do this at home. It told me exactly what to do. It ended up being like a beach body program. I don't know if you heard of that, like P90X. No, I haven't. They're like these at home programs. And um, so I did it. And that changed my freaking life. I originally did it because I wanted abs, right? And you know, there's these infomercials. I don't know if you have them where you're at on, you know, late at night, they have these, they have before and afters. And I'm like, I want that, you know, and I had, a, for the first time, stuck to something because I was really focused on that after. I really wanted that after. And so I did this 90-day program with these people. I took measurements. I took photos. And originally, the goal was to get abs. And what happened was, 30 days in, I'm like, hmm, I feel better. I definitely don't have abs. I still, like, no, the weight really isn't moving, but maybe I lost a half an inch. Smiling, feeling better. Other people were noticing. I was looking up talking to people, having conversations, like they were noticing something, something's different about you. What's up? Right. So then the 90 days happened and I had a little transformation. It wasn't the ones that you see in the photos. I was like, Meh. but I'm going to keep going. Cause I took measurements mm. and so it just kept going in that way. And ultimately my body did transform. I started, I had the abs, I had the muscles and, but it didn't matter at that point because that wasn't it anymore. I felt good. I was a whole new person, but I still hadn't understood that. Although I lost weight on my body, what the true thing was, was the weight between my ears until something happened. And this is what brought me to the direction of being a coach. I was listening to a video of somebody who went through the same program and they were sharing this transformation of how they had wanted to commit suicide and they started doing these programs and and then all of that changed. So something had lit up in my head. But a few days before that, I had a friend that I worked with, it was like an acquaintance, hang herself. And I was really upset about that. But then a few days later, I hear this video and then I started making the association with myself. And then I started remembering, like when I would go to work, she would say, Hey, you look good. What's going on? What are you doing? And I'm like, Whoa, what if I had understood how this was affecting me back then? And I had shared that in a way with others to help them know what could help them change. Like, could this have saved this person's life? And I didn't like focus on that because obviously like, you know, I couldn't have done anything, but I recognized that it could save somebody's life Mm. and that it's, it saved mine. And that ultimately is what led me on the path of like wanting to share what I was doing and share that with everybody I possibly could. And being on here 
and sharing that message, I'm sure you'll be helping other people going forward. Your story is just so fascinating. I could talk to you all day about it. But if you had one message that you would like to leave our listeners with, Jamie, what would that be? Um, the message would be that where you're at right now might seem like there, nothing will ever change. You can't imagine a future different because of the feelings that you're in. And there is a different future, but we do have to make that choice. We can't wait for, like, I lucked out in the sense of these things were kind of thrown at me, but I was also in a place where I was looking up and ready for them. I was praying. I knew I wanted to change and I didn't know how, and I prayed for the way to, to show me how that can happen for you as well. And when I go to coaching and what I do now, our brain is only there to help us live. Like it doesn't want you to die. And so it will keep you even in things that feel bad because that's, it knows that you haven't died yet. So you will. And it's up to us to take charge in that. And when you can change your thoughts to a thought of something more hopeful, other things change. Oh, this is what I'll leave you with. This is saying that I say to myself every day, as I think, so I feel as I feel, so I do as I do. So I have, and I had no idea that my thoughts were creating my reality. And so I would continue to think these thoughts that were just pushing me down and even just shifting just a little bit to a better mm -hmm. thought to feel just a little bit better and y'all can do that too absolutely change that negative thought into something a bit more positive and just keep going with that and eventually the brain changes doesn't it and picks up on the positivity rather than the negativity and also it sounds like just finding your thing finding the thing that will make you either feel better or look better whatever it is that will give you a buzz to get you through that time yeah, your purpose. I mean, the reason why I think that it lit me up so much is because I found my purpose. And that's what I mean by Gus and the universe leading. It's like, if that friend didn't commit suicide, if I didn't watch that video, if I hadn't had these thoughts, would I have a purpose? And I don't know. But that purpose is what kept me going and thriving and mm. what I do for the past 12 years. Yeah, and it's definitely something we all need as a purpose to get us up out of bed in the morning and and feel useful, I guess. So if the listeners want to get in touch with you, Jamie, how can they do that? Uh, social media, um, DM on uh, Instagram, I'll reply, TikTok, not so much, but it's the same on on both. It's at Jamie Messina. And my first name is spelled like Jaime. So J-A-I-M-E-M-E-S-S-I-N-A. That's where they can find me. Fantastic. Uh, and you can send me those links and I will put them in the description when the episode goes out. But Again, I'd just love to thank you for your transparency, for being here. You've been a great, interesting guest. Jamie, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And I'd also like to thank the listeners and tune in next Monday for the next episode of Let's Talk All Things LGBTQ+. Thank you.